Yeah, anyways. It's your boy Channel 7. It's your boy J7. Where we at? At the Green Grind Show. Okay, anyways. I don't know if Eli sits at the house this week and feels more confidence than he did last weekend at the Anaheim. Like, because you know, as a racer, sometimes you get those second, third place. Sometimes you win, but you know, like, dude, I got lucky. He jumped off that gate so quickly, went in the first corner, almost tucked the front end. We were like, no, there ain't no more tuck. He tucking it again. He tucking it again, but he didn't tuck it. What's up, guys? You know who it is. Your boy, JS7. And you know where we at. We at the Rewind Show, baby. Round two from San Francisco. It's been a few years since we've been up there. Good to be back. But of course, when you're up there, it's always muddy. It's always raining. But this week, change of scenery. A lot different from last weekend. We had Chase Sexton, the defending champion, after third place last weekend, come out and be maybe the best version that Chase Sexton's ever been and with a dominant performance. And we had Eli Tosmack. Now, he wasn't fully back, but he was back enough to get on the podium and keep Chase honest. And then what happened? Jet Lawrence, Hunter Lawrence, after the dominating performance by one and one missing the main event. Well, I guess Hunter approved. A lot of things changed, but a lot of things remain the same because that number one plate and Chase Sexton was back. So you know what we got to do, people. Let's get into it. Round two from San Francisco. Let's do it. Be honest with you, San Francisco is one of my favorite places. I always enjoyed the track. Um, I've, I don't know, it's, it's one of the smaller stadiums, and I've, I had one of the greatest battles ever with Ricky in these kind of conditions. Maybe not this bad, but just that bad, whatever. Um, so we know it's always a chance of rain. Even when it was dry up there for me, it, it always had that sprinkle. And the good thing is with that dirt, um, if it was anything like when I raced, has a, some rocks in it. So it's kind of like a little bit more of Seattle to where, where it does rain. It Between the mud and the rocks, it doesn't get that hard, just shiny, slippery uh, compared to if it rained in like Anaheim and stuff. So although it was muddy, once you got down to the base, it did have traction. It just had that sticky traction. So, um, you know, the, the thing when the bikes would slow down, it would get packed up. But nonetheless, I can't even really tell you what the track looked like because it was it was covered. They were changing the woods, which they had to. I mean, I think a little bit of uh, guys going around, a.k.a. Hunter Lawrence. Hunter Lawrence is off the track and now rejoins. He skipped the whoops completely. That just, oh, is he back off again? Hunter Lawrence has decided he doesn't like the whoops. <laughs> I don't blame you, bro. I don't blame you. You know, hey, you just go around the whoops. Don't make no passes. You ain't going through them. They needed to make the tr um, some changes for the track for safety and to have better racing because what happens in the whoop section, you get two lines. You get one in, on one top, one on the other, and nobody goes in the middle. So it's just not good for racing. So they probably open that up. But I don't know. The track looked like a mud fest. I don't even think the guys really worried about anything on the track they were just concentrating on getting through so overall the fans looked like they were there in full full effect i know they were excited to be back since they haven't been up there in a while so um yeah dirtworks as always it's rare to see a mud race like this dirtworks usually does a, a great job but they can only do so much so overall track was the track it was a mud race and who was a it was a mud race that was it the biggest thing you can do in mud races and my past experience is attitude, attitude. I mean, you don't really change the motorcycle. Yeah, you sometimes you you'll put more things like the foam in certain spots, and then you, you'll add things. Some people run um, roll not well. A lot of people run roll offs. Uh, a lot of people. Some people run hand guards. But for me, I just noticed my attitude, which was uh, the biggest thing, and that's why I think you always see guys like. Aaron Plessinger, happy guys, like guys that just even have a bad race, everything's just okay. They do fine in mud race because they're un they're comfortable being uncomfortable. Justin Barsha usually, and so when that when it was raining, uh, taller guys like Aaron Plessinger, just them legs, they just help them out because you see guys be riding like three year olds on three wheelers, like you know feet 
you know, striders, feet off, you know, kicking them. So use the longer guys with the longer legs that it helps them out. But nonetheless, attitude's a big thing. Um, you don't really change the bike too much because overall it's still, you know, it's it still the suspension has to work. So you would think you would just go super stiff for the the mud weighing down the bike. And yeah, you go a little bit like more on clickers, but the thing can't be super hard because you still need traction and having a super stiff bike, it's going to be just like any other thing. Bike's not going to have traction. So that's why you'll see a lot of guys, which if you watch the uh, race day live, when you saw my brother go in and he go hand, went over the handlebars, the reason that happens because, you know, in the beginning part of practice, they're still able to jump some jumps, but there's mud weighing the bike down. So he's going at a, at a pace. The bike is um, loaded up. Like you got another 50 pounds on that thing per se. The front end won't hold up on that. So, and he just blows through. So when, when the only thing that happens really, that's kind of sketching the mud race for some reason, it just slows down the rebound on the motorcycle. So what you saw with my brother, yeah, the suspension was soft, AK with the mud packing it down, but it was the rebound. So when the bike goes down, the mud holds it down. So it doesn't rebound as quickly as it normally does. And that's what happens. He jumps in that and it was a, um, you know, a backward ski or whatnot to a smaller one. And the thing just doesn't do anything. Kind of like what Eli Tomac in New Jersey last year just kind of caught him off guard. And we seen Malcolm do a couple flips like that. I would say the Stewart family, we know how to crash, bro. We just kind of know how to do it. Just got to roll it out. But that was caused because he was going at pace in the uh, practice and the bike, the mud, he probably wasn't thinking about it. And the thing cost him off. So those are the things you got to look out for. But usually by the time you get to the race and the heat races and stuff, the things, the tracks don't slow down so much that that doesn't really become an issue. So usually guys end up having these kind of crashes in practice because the track's still fast enough where you can jump triples, but, um, you know, and you have that issue. But overall, I, I think it's just really attitude. And guys that are, are okay with that um, are, are, are fine. You know, a couple other things that uh, guys, the changes in the mud is, is really, again, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, like certain things like roll-offs. Guys usually don't run roll-offs that much. You know, European guys run, and, and probably that's why Prado, Prado, we're talking about him in a second, was pretty damn good. Like he looked fine, but, and they gotten better. But roll-offs, they cut your vision from like being open. And as a rider, the one thing you always want to have is vision. Like you want to be able to see everything because that's how you kind of, not only you see in the lines, but you, you get a sense of what's happening, guys, that's coming up. So when you put roll-offs on, it shortens, it basically closes everything off. And it also, so a part of that is like your eyes wide open and then starting to squint. It just makes you uncomfortable, which makes you ride tight. And it makes everything feel like you're just stuck in a little box. So not only, yeah, you most guys, they run roll offs, but then you'll see a lot of guys just say, screw it. Like I need that tear off. And yeah, most likely they're going to pull them all or run out of visions. And the reason they do that is because when they're on the track, the roll offs make them feel like they're in a box. So they can't, they rather go, they rather run out of tear offs and pull off their goggles than have roll offs that something that they might last through just because of that vision and how it's going to affect them riding. It's a mental thing. And so I, I think it's just a little nuances again about your attitude and being comfortable in changing and all these different things that allows certain guys to do well compared to others. And I think that was the biggest difference that I saw between like a guy like Aaron Plessinger in the heat race and in practice to like Jet Lawrence, Jet Lawrence looked like he was uncomfortable all day. And I'm going to just start talking about him because he was the one that came in with the red plate. I don't think I've ever seen a rider show like be so dominant. I mean, this guy has won everything. This guy, every challenge that you threw up against him, every person, every track, different layouts, like he struggled at Charlotte and then he came back and was giving gifts out the next race and then came out the million dollars on the line. He showed up at the playoffs. Every time Chase Sexton was getting close to him and outdoors, he just went faster. So we've always seen Jet be able to just rise up to where I mean, I mean, remember halfway through the outdoor, we're like, is he playing with these guys? Is he playing with these guys to come into the mud race to almost look like from how dominant he was? I don't think I've ever seen anybody change that much to where it looked like he was like first time he rode mud. Like in considering how good he is at Southwick 
and how good he is at carrying momentum and just his his uh, technique. Because another thing in mud is technique. Like you, you got to be very balanced and and not make these um, these huge movements. But you got to make quick movements. <laughs> it's weird. Like you don't want to move a lot, but you got to move quickly. Because the bike, you know, you're going in a rut and the thing goes, you got to be able to move, but you can't move too much because you got to counteract. So Jet Lawrence is awesome at doing that. So to watch him struggle so much in the mud was was actually kind of interesting. That was probably the most interesting thing I saw all weekend was that. Um, and I don't know if a part of that just comes down to uh, he didn't want to DNF. He didn't want to have like a, you know, a. 15th place and so he rode around just kind of thinking that like eventually guys would just fall and eventually he'll just make his way up but it never looked like he had any sense of urgency and the weird part was it was like he could go fast if you watch certain parts of the track he could go fast and I was like okay now he's he's waiting he realized he's going too slow he's just gonna go faster and he'll catch up but then he would go and just fall over stop it Get some help. The one thing with Jet uh, that I've noticed with his motorcycle, um, and it maybe it would kind of affect him a little bit, is that in the mud, is that his bike's really tall, like it's kind of stiff. And when I was watching him on the race, like if you notice his bike compared to even like Malcolm's or or Eli's, even Chase, like Jet bike was tall. So maybe maybe they did more changes thinking that they needed to stiffen it up because of the mud, but his bike had no squat to it. And so when he was riding, it just looked like it was, you know, two pogo sticks. So if it's up tall and the one thing I was saying, when you, you can't just stiffen the bike up because then you lose the feeling. And when you have mud, the, the tires are not gripping it's sliding around. So you have to have some kind of traction. So the thing has to move. When I watched Jet's bike this weekend, it just looked like it was tall to where almost like they went super stiff trying to counteract the mud and, and it, but it never got it down to where it was actually working in the stroke. So when he was riding, imagine riding around on, you know, a tire without knobbies on it, like things just going to just drift the whole time or, or driving a car and you're trying to turn on ice. Well, that's what Jet's bike looked like. So maybe that was part of his issue once he was in the main event, because dude looked like he, the bike didn't look planet. It every time he would move, the, the bike would actually start moving. Like he couldn't even go in a straight line without it sliding around. And that looked like the bike was super stiff. Did he just have an easy fall? That's Why has Roxon got by him? Up the inside to go through the whoops. Oh, goes sideways. The whoops are so challenging. And the reason they are, like I said, they're getting rut, they're getting rutted up. Yeah, I from watching it, it, it definitely like his bike was way too stiff on the initial part. And that's why he had those like falls because it was on Jet Lawrence like. And if you're going through the, you know, the rhythm sections, just rolling around, is the thing super stiff? Like you can't steer it. So it's just super tall. So maybe that will maybe that was um his issue going on this weekend was like that because now thinking about it, that kind of makes sense to me. Like if I don't care how talented the kid is, like the bike ain't working. If it's super stiff, you can't ride mud in it. And maybe that's a part of maybe a rookie mistake or maybe it changes or maybe his bike is um, just that way. And my point was when I first started this, the one thing I noticed with Jet, when the track gets super hard pack um, in races past, like he kind of struggles, like the bike is stiff and special in that initial part is that if you watch his front end, uh, what allows him to be super fast and what allowed me to be fast when I raced was having stiff forks because I can hit stuff harder and faster. Well, it, stiff forks only work really well if you're going fast because you got to break through that. You got to break through that initial part. Well, if you leave it stiff and you go slow, then it's like riding, you know, a supercross suspension across like some, you know, rocks, you know, cobbles like the things just doing this number. So when the butt, when the track slows down or gets super hard, you're not going fast enough to break through that crust on that those forks. Well, I noticed when the track has been hard in previous races um, on the 450 outdoors or even Supercross, um, I noticed Jet struggled. So that to me looked like more of a bike setup rather than maybe the guy couldn't ride mud. And between the combination of him being uncomfortable and everything else that's going on, I think you saw uh, a guy who was almost like lost in the sense where he was like, dude, I can't do anything about it. And then 
I, I think he was just out there. And I think the way Jet races, that's why you just saw so many mistakes of him just falling over or him look like he just couldn't ride, um, you know, the, the Supercross track. So it was crazy to see, but I actually now watching and thinking about it more, I think that's just a combination of bike setup and just not knowing, you know, and, and making the changes and, you know, it cost him. But is that the rookie mistake of going from a heat race to seeing the conditions to not then changing your setup for the main? Um, yeah, you can look at it two different ways. Um, you can look at it as I'm still good. I'm too good that my bike setup, even though I'm, I'm like, it doesn't seem like it was going to work. I'm just, I'm Jet Lawrence. I'm good enough. I'll still win this that I can override. I can overcome like how I felt in 05 when I was racing the 250 against those 450s, like I'll overcome everything because I've been able to do it in the past. Like I race two strokes against 250Fs. Like, so why can't I do it in, against RC? And then you realize that, no, nah, you really need all these aspects. These guys are that good. You need a bike, you need a team to work. So you can look at it like that, like it's somewhat cockiness and afraid to change. Or you can look at it like, maybe I don't blame him. Maybe I, I blame the, the team. Like, cause they, they need to make the change, but it's also hard to, you know, step up to that guy and say, no, we're going to change your bike. It needs to be softer and make that decision when the guys just want everything. And then you're changing the way it is. And so I know when you make changes, um, you know, with forks and especially guys who ride bikes stiff, making any kind of changes going softer is a huge change for them. Like, and it's a, uh, it's a comfort. And so for me, I left it stiff because it was comfortable because once I started softening it up, then me riding on the front, that means that thing is starting to move and it, it changes everything about the bike. So it could be a combination of the team wanting to make that change and not making it and jet, you know, maybe he did try and he was just uncomfortable the feel of the bike that they thought he'd be better off just riding it stiff. But for sure, if you watch his bike compared to even, you know, Prada's bike or Tomac. Just watch the the um, front fender and front wheel, the front tire. You'll see on in this initial part of the motorcycle, you'll see their bike move this much, and then you'll see jets like it doesn't. And then so on that fact, when a bike doesn't move, any bump, any traction that he hits, his bike and both wheels is going to be doing this number, um, and that's what you saw. And I think that's why um, next person we'll talk about is Chase Sexton. That's why I think he rode good and he was great this weekend because his bike, there is a limit on how fast he can go. Uh, we talked about it last weekend on the show is that I felt like Chase Sexton, he was going to have races that he was going to be 10, 15 seconds back and then have races like where he was just the best and ride exactly the same because when he was um, behind Prada, like Chase was three seconds faster. He was clearly faster than Prada, like where he was able to, to catch him, but Chase would kind of get into that part where he was doing last year. Like he would, if he would just ride that consistent pace that of allowing him to two and a half seconds to catch him. And eventually he'll get to him compared to, you know, he wants to make up a quite a bit more time. So he'll push over the limit. Well, I believe his bike doesn't work like that. And that's why I go back to the whole point of, you know, there's going to be certain races that he's going to ride at this level, he'll be 10 seconds back and there'll be next track he'll go to and he'll be faster or just as fast. And that's really the way the track is set up and chase a rod exactly the same. And I feel like with this, this weekend, we saw it with the heat race. There's a level to his bike to where he's, he's got to learn to deal with it. It's going to be a different type of racing compared to what he has in his career. It's not just going to beat guys on straight speed. I think for him, luxury, he can rely on his bike setup and, and allow the bike to help him out, uh, maybe rather than talent. And for again, I, I think you just saw that perfectly the way it played out in the heat race with him catching him. And then he wants to try to give it to him, make a mistake, and Prada was um, able to win. Then the main event came. Chase settled down like there's mud race guys make mistakes. A lot of guys make mistakes, but that local motive, which I'm going to start calling we used to call Ryan Dungey the diesel. We're going to start calling him the locomotive because Chase was just consistent. And I believe Eli Tomac was like faster, but Eli was having a hard time trying to get all the way up to Chase uh, because he saw he was faster. But just what Jet puts people in situations like not only like you 
can't go the same speed. You got to go faster. Well, when you start going faster than the, the guy in front of you, the guy's winning races, yeah, you can catch him, but you also can make some, some mistakes. And that's what was happening to Eli. Eli would close up on Chase. And then since he was closing up and trying to push that pace, then he would make a mistake. And then he would close back up on Chase. And the same thing. And Chase was just riding the same, the same the whole time. So my point is, Chase is, Chase is in a better spot. And I think overall, like for championship wise, he's going to be that more consistent rider. And going back to the point where it's something that he's going to have to learn to ride with. But, um, and, you know, it's going to be a different feel than what he has in his whole career, not just speed, but more that consistency. But we saw it play out in that main event because Chase was just that steady guy. Eli was there and he couldn't do it. And overall, Chase looked solid. Chase looked like he had that race in control. And even though you were watching Eli and you were expecting him to come up and pass him because he was coming up and pass him, it's frustrating for a guy like Eli to be like, damn, I'm like right here and I can catch him easy, but I can't catch him. And that's what was happening. So shout out to Chase. You know, the way the offseason was going, the way he rode last weekend was exactly the way he rode this weekend. You know, in fact, you know, that start. Damn, that was a start. That was a Michael Lessie like, ah! just pin it. And I actually think Mike, you know, Mike playing these out a little bit more. He was counting in his head. Chase saw something flinch. He was like, ah, ah, ah. He's like trying to try not to like keep it. You know, I'm not even going to say it because my fellas, y'all know what happened when in there. You're like, I just, ah! that's how Chase was. And that's what he went off in that gate. Because something flinched, and I've seen that happen out here. I've seen Chase hit the gate when we were doing practice starts. And so he got lucky on that one. But damn, that was a whole shot. And then he almost crashed because he was like out front. So he had such a big lead that it goes back to where I was saying what happened with, um, who were we talking about in outdoors last year? Bud's Creek. They got the gnarly jump. And I'm like, they were so far out front, you lose your breaking point where other guys and then they end up causing a crash. Well, it was a 250 guy. It was a 250 guy. But nonetheless, sorry, people. I kind of went off on the whole story. But nonetheless, Chase got that jump. Super lucky. But, hey, in a mud race, attitude and the starts, the two biggest things. And his attitude seemed like it was all right. And, damn, that was a good enough start. And then you had kickstart Kenny actually getting a whole shot and stalling that joint. So Chase did exactly what he needed to do. And for guys like that, it's kind of like Dallas Cowboys. You know, like, look, they got to be up front. When you have when you maybe you're not the fastest or whatever, or you got a limit on your bike, well, the limit needs to, you need to be up front so you control everybody else's limit because your pace is good enough to be fast and it's good enough to for them to catch and pass you. They're gonna have to ride a little bit more out of their comfort zone. So I think a lot of these situations, you're gonna watch Chase either beat guys like he did this weekend. He's gonna get a start and he's just gonna ride and they're gonna make the mistakes and they're just never gonna get around him. Or you're going to watch Chase race and then he's going to pass him like a Cooper Webb at the end of the race where the guy's just still there. Like he's still there. He's still there. And the guy in front of him wears down. The guy makes a mistake and he ends up winning. I don't think you're going to see Chase get like a 10th place star and just outrun somebody like a beast mode or just come way faster. I think you're going to see the, 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 the first two out front leading the charge, controlling the race or wearing them down like the Cooper Webb Tampa effect and then winning that way and not the, you know, 10th place beast mode Eli Tomac that we were expecting. So we'll see. But congratulations, Chase. That's your champ. If Chase doesn't jump the gate like he does mm-hmm. and just gets a mid-pack start, how much does that change his race? Yeah, that's a good question. We could play the if, woulda, coulda, shoulda games. If Chase doesn't... Um, if Chase doesn't get that gnarly start like he did, and if he had to come from the back of the pack, or he doesn't, could he like win that race? Well, I think it'd be some similar to what happened in the, the heat race. I mean, he was there and he caught Prada, but again, I, I think it would be dictated on if he learned from the heat race and just could pass people without. If he could run his normal pace, then I think he'd be fine. If he tried pushing that limit, then I think we'll see what happened in the heat race. The thing with him, there was the other guys made mistakes. Like So I would think if Chase came from the back, then Kenny couldn't be out front. I think Kenny has speed, and we know how he is in the beginning. Um, if Eli rode the same, like those things. So I don't know. I, I think with Chase, it's kind of hard to say if he could do it. I think the one circumstance with him is that this track was super slow. 
So it was more about being consistent and limiting mistakes rather than just going super fast. And if you just look at the heat racing product, there's your kind of answer. And that's why I'm like, he would have a chance because it's guys are going to make mistakes and you can only go so fast on this track, which would keep those guys from running away from chase um, fully. But it would just depends if chase can go around him and make the pass and make, you know, without making mistakes himself and keep that locomotive kind of effect. So I don't know, that was a way to dance around your question and not answer it. But since it was a mud race, I think he could have a chance if you got like a fifth place start and considering what happened with everybody else. Yeah, I think he, he could, because if he had more time, I believe he would have got around um, Prada in that heat race, um, even though he was making mistakes. So got something for his old foe in Chase Sexton. We'll and, see. And I wasn't in panic mode after last weekend's uh, results from Eli Tomac. Man, this guy's a two-time Monster Energy champion. So Eli Tomac, last week, first race back. All right, we, we can give him the first race back. Anaheim, we know he doesn't do well there. He says he doesn't do well there. Even though I've seen him be fast, he just hasn't had the best results besides last year. And coming off the Achilles, like, we didn't know what was going to happen. So coming in this weekend, like I said, you're going to have to start seeing something from Tomac these next couple weekends. I think you got to see some kind of speed. And the reason you're going to have to see speed from Eli, not that I think he was going to win, but because Eli's been known as beast mode. He's been known as that. Like, he doesn't race like the Ryan Dungey, you know, like um, – consistency of my boy Chad Reed that consistency he's just gonna be there even though he's consistent but we always fear with Eli speed so if he doesn't have that what the hell are we afraid of then so coming in this weekend and next weekend I think you have to start seeing that for Eli's confidence because he knows that as well well it was a mud race so he kind of throw out the speed stuff. So he kind of has a little bit more of like we're still kind of unsure but watching Eli this weekend I'm still, the jury's still out for me. Like, I don't, I don't feel any confidence, more confidence than I did last weekend or less confident. I give Eli the respect that he's a champion and he knows how to do it like better than anybody else. He's got more wins. He's got championship. He's beast mode. But what I saw was the same guys last weekend, except for, yeah, guys were crashing. Jet Lawrence was riding around. He didn't even know how to ride. They were laughing people. He was faster than Chase. And, like, he can make up a lot of time up on Chase. If you look at the lap times, besides one lap where Chase went that 125, probably just a clean lap, and Eli went 126. Eli was making up, like, two seconds sometimes, and like, three, but then he would lose it. And Chase was just kind of, like, a consistent, consistent. Well, I guess my point is, is that I feel like Eli in the past would have passed Chase because he was clearly, when you make up that much time on people – even though it's a mud race, when you make up that much time, even if you slow down a second to just be consistent, like you got a lot to to play with. And I feel like Eli would capitalize, especially getting, you know, ninth place and seeing where Chase was. He kind of knows where Chase, like if Chase had that speed in the past, then he'd be like, all right, well, so I'm uncomfortable. I can't make that time. He knew Chase was only going to go so fast. And when you're making that time up, I just feel like Eli would have capitalized. Well, I felt like Eli was just happy to be there. Kind of like what we saw with Roxon last year. He was like, oh, damn, I'm like here. I'm here in second. So I'm, I'm like, I'm good. I don't want to take chances and I don't want to crash. And when he tried going faster, he made more mistakes at the end. He was making some mistakes because when you look at it, it's like Chase Sexton and Prada. Chase was clearly faster in the heat race. Well, Eli was clearly faster at the end of that main event and he should have won that. But I still feel like there's something missing in that and I still feel like there's something missing in in Eli like that that intensity and that beast mode or, or just that I wouldn't say will to win because I know he wants to win but just that extra percentage that I said I had in in 2016 like I don't know how to explain it but it's not there and when I watch Eli like I feel like it's more okay okay like I want to win but when I start going that pace just I'm uncomfortable and I, I make mistakes I his riding, he was fine. I mean, he did what he needed to do in the mud. And considering that Jet Lawrence was flying around and considering what happened last weekend, you would say that Eli 
won this weekend. Like he rebounded from last week. Well, I don't know if I'm Eli and I'm thinking, and this is only me. I'm not in his shoes and I can be completely wrong. I don't know if Eli sits at the house this week and feels more confidence than he did last weekend at the Anaheim. Like, because you know, as a racer, sometimes you get those second, third place. Sometimes you win, but you know, like, dude, I got lucky. Like Chase whole shot in that uh, main event. I don't think Chase goes to the gate next week and been like, oh, yeah, I'm about to Michael Leslie whole shot this. I know how to whole shot. I'm a whole shot everybody because the way he got that jump. He knew that, damn, dude, I almost ran in that gate. Like, if they knew how close I was, I spassed out and just gassed it. I, I would have been in the gate. Well, I feel like with Eli, maybe that's how he was because you could tell he wanted to try to pass Chase. You know, he wanted to, but there was something missing where he would like he couldn't like do it. And yeah, it's mud race. And yeah, it's better than hitting the ground. But maybe I'm just speaking from a sense of what I look at his body language. And I I know the feeling of when you're gone. And I know Eli was going to retire and I'm still missing something. And when I watch him ride that I'm just only going off of how I would feel. Well, I don't think Eli's sitting at home this weekend, Colorado, wherever he's at, hanging out with Danger Board and saying that, yeah, I'm back. I got my second place. I should have beat Chase. I'm back. I think Eli's still feeling like, damn, like, I don't know. Like, baby, I don't know. I don't even know if I still got it. So this weekend, to me, is going to be a big weekend uh, for Eli Tomac because he's got that podium. So he's got that off his belt and considering that he made up a lot of points on Jet, and considering that Chase didn't look dominant, you know, the the field's right there. So Jet's in a vulnerable place. Chase is still working through what Chase is working through. It's time for Beast Mode to come up here. So expect something from San Diego. Whether you see Eli as a speed, how he rides, is going to tell you enough on what this weekend was able to do. Because I believe he the jewelry's still out in Eli's mind on whether he's the guy that can come back and compete when everything's, if everybody's firing at all cylinders, I'm still the best. The jury's still out to figure out if that can happen um, in his mind. So I'm going to leave it until next week. I'm going to give Eli a A because he came back. He was able to rebound somewhat from last weekend. And I don't care how you get it done. Sometimes it's a small step. So guys falling in heat races. Sometimes it's a guy getting a flat tire and you winning that gives you that spark. And maybe that spark was that second place that allows Eli to, you know, get the monkey off his shoulder. I feel better now. Like I'm not far down in points. Now let's go. Maybe we'll see him firing back compared to like, oh my gosh, I can't have another race like I did last weekend because that would be bad and Jet running off from him. Maybe this is going to get that spark to Beast Mode to come back, but otherwise we'll find out this weekend. So Eli Tomac, great job, but the jewelry's still out, and I think you, we're going to really see where your mindset is and how, you know, how you, how's your season going to go in these next week and starting this weekend at San Diego. I'm really, really happy because this was a really great ride for me, especially with these conditions. These are uh, very, very brutal out here, and I can't believe I was able to come back to third place. So that was really an amazing ride for myself. I'm really happy. Um, thanks. To- so Ken Roxon, German chocolate. Well, we always know, I mean, it's dirty out there. I mean, it looks like a bunch of chocolate. It's Willy Wonka factory. And last weekend, I think Kenny rode good. Kenny won that heat race. Kenny did. He said he didn't want to win, but we always want, know he wants to win. But Kenny's actually, I mean, he stalled the bike this weekend and still came up and get got the third place. And yeah, last week in the main event, he was in down, had to take a pit stop, came up and get that 10th. But it's almost like Kenny is, is a ball of consistency almost. Like maybe he is playing the long game, but I think he wrote good. And he would be one of my picks to win in this mud race because it's talent, baby. Jet Lawrence, uh, Chase Sexton, you know, Ken Roxon, uh, Justin Barsha being uncomfortable, Aaron Plessinger, just attitude. Guys like that, you pick in these mud races. So uh, coming in this weekend, I actually thought Kenny would ride pretty good. And I, th- I think he did. If it wasn't for that stall, he would have won the race. Um, you know, I think he would actually beat Chase just from the sense of, you know, look, I think Kenny has the burst of speed. His bike looks solid. Um, this is a, a perfect type of that. Um, it's a perfect type 
a race track for him. He was winning the last mud race until Barsha came in and got him. So German Chocolate, just like Eli Tomac, I, I think Kenny's doing exactly what I thought he would be doing. There's nothing really to say much uh, about him. He's riding good. This next weekend going to San Diego will really start to fill out where Kenny is because I think he's going to have to have speed, you know, still competing with Jet Lawrence. I think that for Kenny to be in not just maybe win a race here and there championships, then Kenny needs to be back on the podium this weekend, considering what happened that first race, um, being in uh, 10 place. So I don't know. I think German chocolate rode great. He didn't do anything that I didn't think he was going to do. So he did exactly what we all felt like he was due, but he did it. And that's all he needed to do. And he was able to do it. And when you notice with Kenny's bike, even compared to jet, when we were talking about, the suspension being, you know, choppered out or extended. Well, when you look at Kenny's bike, things was part after the finish line where his bike's extended. But when you watch his front wheel, like soon as he hits a bump, like the front wheel moves, it still moves. And although it's really extended and it looks low in the rear and high in the front, you would say, well, no, that like that's the same thing that's happening with Jet. Well, when you look at Jet's bike, both ends are up, like both ends are extended. Like his bike actually really balanced where the front end's super stiff, the rear end's stiff. It's not one end or the other. Well, when you look at Kenny's, it looked like the front end's really stiff, but it's actually not. The front end's really extended, and that's because there's so much weight on the rear. His rear shock is actually being pulled down, so it gets this effect. So when he's coming out of the corners and going up in certain parts, maybe up some of the faces, Kenny might struggle a little bit because it's hard to imagine riding a chopper on a supercross track. You know, you can't really steer it. You know, the thing starts washing and stuff like that. Well, Kenny was kind of having that, and that was because the mud was packing in his rear end, and I believe his shock was a lot softer than his forks. So you would see it, but you also saw when he would be in the brakes or when he's lowered the front end, the thing would move. And that's the difference between his bike and Jet's. So although Kenny's bike looked chopper and extended, it wasn't as stiff as Jet's bike. Um, and I think that obviously allowed Kenny to, to compete and he's that damn good. So just different bike setups. And the third one I would say we point out is with Chase Sexton. I said that his bike would move. Well, you can see his forks and stuff moving, but the one thing with the KTM and I don't know if it's just the way Chase looks on it, but the KTM looks small. It looks uh, smaller compared to Jet's bike, meaning that it's not as extended. Both ends are not super tall. Maybe it's a part of the fender, the way the, the plastic's laid out, but Chase's bike looks closer to center to gravity. Well, when you're in the mud or you need traction, you want that bike closer to the ground where it still has the hold up, but you want it closer to the ground so you have more feel over it's kind of like riding an 80 to a big 10 one a big wheel you know like it's same frame but you throw those bigger wheels on it it feels like a bigger bike and if you're a little bit it's kind of hard to ride so all the teams all the manufacturers they try to get everything center of gravity get the weight lower to the ground so it's got more traction well the ktm looks low and it's that ball of consistency like i said it's more consistent around racetrack and i think that's where this weekend or Chase, his bike looked even, it looked low, and obviously it moved, where Jet's bike looked super tall, and it looked stiff, and then you had Kenny, was like uh, in-betweener, like it, the back end was low, but the front end was high, but the German chocolate, he made it happen anyway, so. His teammate, McRae, that's the mud race, baby, that's the mud race. Kind of like the privateers when we get to these certain tracks, like the bikes and working how they were. Um, Tyler Masterpool up in Colorado. Well, the track changes, baby. Them soft double Ds allow him to compete, you know. So when the track s slows down, then it allows certain other guys to come up and, um, you know, get better because one, one line to racetrack, two, great start really dictates a lot. And if you're happy and usually, you know, Macaraf, dude, he was stoked to be up there. Top five, like, you know, Shane. Dude, he's won races in lights class. He was one of the guys that were coming in um, a couple years ago. We were like, all right, yeah, he's he's going to be a threat. He won a championship, didn't he? No, no he, he was got close. close. Yeah, he got close like two years, right? Yeah. Um, he was one of the guys that was coming up in the 250 class that we were like, yeah, like he almost won the title, like his riding style, like he he should be somewhat of a threat, kind of like Jake Weimer. Like 
we know we don't expect him to be dominant, but we expect him to get some podium. So injuries and all the other stuff, it was good to see uh, Shane out there. And I think with the mud race, um, it allowed him to be out, um, allowed him to be up there and competing. So yeah, between Larry Brooks and the Suzuki team, dude, they're rolling, they're rolling the right way. Like they're, they're, can't really say much about him besides congratulations. They're doing good. And I'm more impressed what Shane was able to do uh, more than Kenny because I expected the German chocolate to do his thing. But I just think it's cool for a team um, when you got your second guy on there uh, having that kind of success. It's really cool. And it's um, it just shows how much that team has been working that both those lot riders are just raising the level. So hopefully we'll see more out of that from Shane the rest of the year. But he was solid. Prado trying to get there and does! The MXGP World Champion is a heat winner in Monster Energy Supercross. Like I told you, like the kid had talent. He won that heat race. You thought, like I was waiting for the, the fireworks to go off. I was like, Nick Vernon, he races like, damn, dude. Got, everybody got new shoes. Got Prado shoes up in this joint. Kid real good. Like, kid real good. I, just, I would say something. Like, I think he's going to be fast this weekend. Like, I actually think he's going to... I expect more like he I don't expect him to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if the whole shot lead laughed too, or he has some kind of battle him because confidence won. He won the heat race. You could tell he didn't give a damn about the main event. Whatever. Like I'm already championship. I already won. Um, and then last weekend we showed, I was telling you about the things that I saw that he was good. So it was a little bit of confidence, possibly his last race. And the fact is like, he knows he can kind of do it. And he beat the dude that just won the heat race. I won the main event. I think you're going to get a surprise from Mr. Prada this weekend um, in San Diego. So I told y'all people, like, don't sleep on dude's skills. Like, he pretty good. Like, he pretty good. Cooper Webb, he was probably the biggest um, surprise. I, I was really impressed with Cooper um, last weekend at Anaheim 1. You know, what happened this weekend uh, – Cooper looks like a little man on a big bike, somewhat. Like he looks like a mud, the mud track, and his bike being really tall. You know, he struggled, and it obviously doesn't help. You get a bad start. I think Cooper's fine. I, I don't, I don't think. I really don't think this race hurts Cooper in his confidence because of what happened with Jet Lawrence. And the fact is, like, I think he feels like he had Chase covered when it was dry. I think he feels like he can get him um, still. And yeah, Eli got second, but Eli didn't just all of a sudden beast mode. So when you look at the people who beat Cooper, considering, you know, he had a bad weekend, I think Cooper's going to go back and, and say, all right, I sucked. I had crashes. And I think Cooper was actually fast. He just kept making mistakes from what I believe. Um, I think Cooper's fine. I think he'll go into San Diego, kind of like how you went into Anaheim, like, you know, I'm I'm fine. If I can win a race, cool. I think he'll ride like he did in the heat race, ride like he did in the main event. As long as he's healthy and nothing's hurting him, he'll be fine. I think what the little bit I saw of Cooper, he was solid. Um, yeah, he hit the ground. But considering how everything else happened, and again, the fact that Jet Lawrence struggled as much as he did, yeah, I think it was just this weekend was a wash to really everybody. Eli Tomac, we're still trying to figure out if he's back. Chase Sexton, He's trying to figure out is like, okay, is this it? Like, am I really faster than those guys? Like, do I have it? I know I won the race and my back. Cooper Webb's like, they're like, okay, forget it. Like, jet struggle, I struggle, watch it. So everybody's still in that factor of we still don't know. We still don't know. So just like going to Anaheim, we were looking forward to San, uh, San Francisco. I think we're still waiting to see what happened. If Jet comes back out and does what he does, then screw what happened last weekend. You know, it was just a mud race. If Chase comes back out and does that third place, then it solidifies like, all right, I believe that's the way he's going to have to win this championship, that consistency. And I think those guys are going to have to start worrying about him. If Eli comes out and he gets a ninth place, then I'll tell you what happens. If Eli comes out in beast mode and has that speed, then I'll tell you. So a lot of things that's happening. So with the jewelry still out, Hunter Lawrence, you know, for him, it was a win. You know, he went around and whoops a couple of times, but late. He was in the race to go around the whoops. So he, he qualified. It was a win for him. Malcolm, you know, like they still trying to figure it out. There's a lot of stuff. German chocolate, it, what you learned about him. Like, he's good in the mud, ain't he? 
Bam Bam, like, I don't even know what happened to him. AP, he was super fast, but then, like, he couldn't last. Barsha yeah. was sick. Yeah, Barsha was sick. I, don't interrupt me. I was in a row. I was in a row. Barsha, he was out there, but Cole said he was sick. I mean, he's sick. I'm sick. I'm sick and tired being sick. No. As I was saying, people... There was a lot of things, a lot of results has happened, but I really think this weekend doesn't say anything about what's happening out there on the field. I think everybody learned nothing. I think everybody learned nothing. I think everybody's going to look at this weekend and say, damn, I got through, I won the race, but I don't think Chase is back at home. Although that number, that plate and that red looked good on that KTM, he's going to have it back this weekend. I don't think Chase sits there and says, I'm better. I figured it out. And I don't think Eli says, I'm better. I'm back. My Achilles is attached. I'm back. It's beast mode time. And I don't think Jet Lawrence thinks anything besides like, mama said, yeah, I'm going to just do what the hell I'm going to do. I'm just that good. A lot of things. They race. So you could picture it was like a bye weekend. This weekend in San Diego, everybody's going to be trying to come back out and show there's still the points to be proved. But the one thing that we saw this week and the one thing that last time we raced in Supercross, well, I mean, he got third place. But the time before that, he was winning. Oh, no. Well, yeah. What? Last time he won. It's the first time on the KTM that they've had it. And it's been a while. It's been a while. Dude hasn't won anything since May of last year. Well, I guess you can say he won the first round of the playoffs. But you know what? We talking about Supercross. Well, that is Supercross. I don't know, people. I'm just happy to see him back because he took a lot of heat. He made a decision change that only he made that decision change. Was it because he needed to, he needed to make the change? Well, yeah, of course. He needed to make the change. Was it because he wanted to make the change? Or did he feel like he had to make the change? Did he really feel like he needed to make the change to get better? Well, nonetheless... I don't care because what this dude came out and did is he came out with the number one plate that was white, wasn't red. He didn't like it. So he came out and what did he hit for him, Cole? Suntan, next on fire. Chase Sexton, welcome back. I noticed the hair was dark. Are right, we going to tip them things out? You can. I think we'll do that when we start getting out and just outrunning these cools. But Chase Sexton on the real, KTM, Carlos, all you guys, like, got to be proud. Got to be proud. Dude. Look good. Like in my my book, I like what I see. I like what I see. And I do like the KTM with the red plate. Not because you on it, but because damn, it looks good. And then you on it, whatever. Chase Sexton, congratulations, kid. I know it feels good. It's a nice start. Nice start. Michael Lessie start. He spazzed out. Don't let Kerry flip them gates over. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But for real, it's Chase Sexton. German chocolate, great job. Eli Toastmack, it was great to see you back. We'll see how close you are. And we'll see if Jet Lawrence comes back and be like, all right, I was just playing. I was just playing. I'm about to slap you bitches like I normally do. And so, Cole, bleep it out. Now the 250 class. We saw what happened last week with RJ coming in, getting that red plate for the first time. And look, it was a dream of his, bucket list. He was able to do it. And then we saw with Jordan Smith, Jordan Smith had the speed and he was able to do it, um, come back up. And I said, I felt like Jordan Smith was riding different than he has in the past. Like we've seen him come up and we've always seen him have speed, but he was consistent. Like he it was just something a little bit different about him. You know, the fact is, I'm sure Lawrence is out, everybody gone. But the fact is, he's healthy and he had a great offseason. Well, Last time we were in L.A., Jordan Smith won a race down the last playoffs. And then he came in last weekend, got second place. And he came out this weekend and went up north and won. And I think Jordan Smith is really here to compete for this title. I think he's going to have a really good shot because, one, he's if he continues to be healthy, that was his only thing that was missing. He's always been fast and he can eliminate the mistakes. Well, the more time he gets on the motorcycle, the more comfortable he's going to be. In fact, he's been on the star racing for a couple of years now. I think it's going to, he's just going to be more confident and more comfortable on the bike, which he's had more time in the off season, which is probably going to eliminate some of those mistakes, maybe because he didn't have as much time. But considering the fact is who he's going up against. And I said in this, this 250 championship, the, with RJ, even though he had the red plate, the history would say he would have some up and downs. And this weekend with the mud race, there was reasons for it, but it was just never over until it's, it's over. I think this 250 championship with everybody on this field, until they wrap it up, 
I don't think it's over because you don't have that one guy that you know is always going to get starts, of always going to be there. And even if he's like a second place guy, he's always going to be around the box where in here the years past, you got a guy that can win and guy can get like 10th and DNF in this field and knows you're your title contender. So Jordan Smith's in a great spot. And Levi Kitchen, I think he's in a great spot. He was 6'10", Shaster, and Jordan Smith, from what Cole just said, he needed to interrupt me and say that. Great. I, yay. No. Fun fact. Levi was six tenths faster than George Smith. I believe Levi's in a good spot. Like I was saying. Yes, we know he's six tenths faster. But no, f- fun fact. He's still six tenths faster. But he got second. My point was Levi Kitchen, Jordan Smith. I believe those guys, I explained last weekend, Levi's in a great spot with team manager Mitch Payton, that team, just that mindset, and Jordan Smith being healthy, and with RJ going up and down, and Joe Shimoda having bike issues. It's wide open for these guys, which I believe puts a little bit less pressure on them. It's in the sense of having to be perfect every weekend because you know if you have a 10 plays jet lawrence gonna win the race and your championship's done by round three well you don't have to worry about that the only other pressure you're gonna have is what rj was feeling is being that guy now let's see what happens jordan smith he's got the red plate let's see what how he feels going into this next weekend how does he continue riding and i think a lot of these guys when they've had these up and down careers and they've been injured and to get back to this point it puts perspective in life to where I, I think it would help them compared to this is the first time they've had it or they never really had um, the up and downs in their career where this is a positive. You've been knocked down so much that you just you enjoy the process of getting there rather than results. Um, kind of like Hunter Lawrence in the, the 450 class. I think Jordan Smith a little bit back there. So nonetheless, I did say he was a different guy. I do feel like he's a different guy. Congratulations, Jordan Smith, on that um, on that win. My my point is with the 250 class, it's like the guy that don't spill the milk at the, the table is going to win championship. The guy that makes the less breaks, the guy that breaks less dishes in the kitchen is going to win championship because I would say they all can kind of cook, but it's the one that don't burn the chicken as much. I don't know. It's just a lot of up and down. And this championship, it's a perfect opportunity for a guy like Levi Kitchen, Jordan Smith, even RJ. And I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Garrett Marchfain win, like Carson Mumford, like a guy like that, because when you know they're like fourth and fifth in points, you know, 10, 12 points back. But just like this weekend, a bike can blow up and a guy can hit the ground or RJ can do RJ stuff. I think until those guys get that confidence, it's going to be hard for them to be consistent like every weekend. If Jordan Smith continues to do, if Jordan Smith just gets on a podium, like even if I would say, even if he don't win another race, if he just gets on a podium every weekend, he'll win a championship because there's going to be an up and down at some point from one of these other guys. Um, and that's how this title is going to be. Unlike where years past, there's always been a person in that class um, that's dominated. I mean, we've had Lawrence, Lawrence's before then, Fran is, you had Chase Sexton, you know, you had that one person. This year in the West class, I'm thinking Joe Shimoda was that that known guy that you was like, okay, he's the next guy. But Joe really hasn't done much to be like, yeah, this is his championship. Like, he's going to win it. We thought he would, and he still can, but he's put himself in a bad spot where that's the first time in a while I, I've looked at a 250 championship that I'm like, yeah, I mean, of course, Jet Lawrence is going to win. Of course, most likely Austin Ford, Chase Sexton. This feels really wide open. So, Jordan Smith, keep it up, bro. Keep it up. You know I'm a fan. Levi, keep the kitchen open. The 250 class, Joe Shimoda's going to have to go on the run. Far East Coast going to come to the West Coast or something. He's got to figure it out. And unfortunately for him, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's Joe time. It needs to be Joe time. But we got to give you, because I don't even know if I gave you any of these. Is this the first neck burn for Jordan Smith? Well, like, yes, this, because we didn't do the L.A. show. Yeah, we didn't do the, the the L.A. show, which we didn't have a voice to do the L.A. show. So, Jordan Smith, I mean, I wouldn't say this the first time you had the red plate. I believe you had it a long time ago, but it's the first time in the new millennial or whatever you want to say, 2000s, whatever. It's the first time in a long time, at least first time in 2024, you had this red plate. 
And what are we gonna give for him, Carl? Hit it for him. Suntan, next on fire. Congratulations, Jordan Smith. I know Levi. Levi was literally about to set on the kitchen on fire. He was trying to get the. He was trying to get them jeans. They were already dirty. So Levi said, "Forget it." He rode good, and Joe Shimoda, like he was there and he wasn't there. And then bike fell. Then he fell. Then wait, no, the bike. No, he fell. Then the bike fell. Either way, they both fell. This team effort. They both fell. They failed to finish. But it was a struggle for Joe. RJ was back doing RJ-ish things, but it, the track was pretty gnarly. So overall. The kitchen was open, and Jordan Smith read the text. He sent the correct text. Congratulations, kid. You did it. All right, people. That's enough of all that. You know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time, stew and stew. We'll be right back. Five classes. Forty-five classes. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Number one. Number one. Thirty-six. Number one plates. Mini monsters. Mini monsters. 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 Twenty twenty-four. Mini monsters. Mini monsters. Twenty twenty-four. Wait, how do you say it again? Oh, mini monsters. Oh, What's up guys, it's your boy JS7. Look, if you ain't got time to watch our whole video, which I don't know why you don't, make sure you go here and subscribe and check out our new channel where we're gonna have some smaller clips, some clips that you haven't seen on our main show just for y'all. So make sure you subscribe, click, comment, do whatever you do, watch our whole show, but come to this channel as well, check out our stuff. See you there. All right, people. You know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time, student, student. All right, like we always do, let's start happy. Let's start happy. A stew. Guy that does it better than everybody else. Girl that does it better than everybody else. You win the race better than everybody else, which means if you win, then you're better than everybody else. But I did say I can win like second place or last place. I'm going to win when I lose. Either way, stew, just better. Well, you know we're going to go. You know, we got to go. Chase Sexton, I don't even know if he's had a stew in a long time. I mean, we went through the outdoors and I said he was stewed sometimes. And maybe I did throw him stew because he was going pretty fast. He was going faster than Jet Lawrence, but he never went faster than Jet Lawrence. Fast enough to pass him. But this time, he didn't even have to pass him. Why? Because he had to start from hell. Like he saw something flinch. He saw that mosquito land on that gate and slip and break his neck. He just went. He just went. And that, to me, is a stew. So I'm going to have to give him almost a two-stewer because, one, he won the race. No default. No default. Chase was just solid. Eli Tomac was coming back. He was like, ah, I'm coming. I'm coming. Beats more. But he couldn't do anything. And Chase Sexton like, yeah, I'm just riding. I'm closing my legs. I'm closing my legs. Look, I ain't trying to get no date. I'm tired of being used. Chase Sexton was just doing his thing. Nothing like nothing really stew-ish besides he was just solid i mean that was stew so you get a stew for winning the race but a stew for the gate because he saw the mosquito land and slip break his neck and he just went he was trying to get out there he had a dominant he jumped off that gate so quickly went in the first corner almost tucked the front end we were like no it ain't no more tuck he's tucking it again he's tucking it again but he didn't tuck it and then german chocolate came by and he looked at him he next thing you know he was tall he was kicking the bike but Chase Sexton, you are a double stew, which is the first time we ever threw out the double stew. Whole shot, and then for winning the race, damn, that was pretty good. You know, it's the first time you get something the first time, the first time. That was a lot of first times. And Chase, that was the double time, first time with double stew, and look like I'm making stew for you. Chase Sexton, you a double stew. And my next person 
Jordan Smith. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I could just be simple with you. Look, you won the race. And no, you're not a default. You're not default, even though it's default-ish because I'm like, well, what did Jordan Smith do? Did he do something cool? Yeah, he won. I mean, that's cool enough in most people's book. Okay, what else did Jordan Smith do? Like he kept Levi from burning the kitchen? Yeah, well, yeah, Levi was going 16 faster than he was. So as a.k.a. Cole, so what did he do? Well, I don't know. I don't know. He just sent the text and it actually, he he read, he read it. Now, now you can send it and unsend the thing, but it did say you edited it. So I don't know. George Smith, you just a stupid because you got the same first letter for bad last name as me. Actually, you got J.S. George Smith. J.S. What? Why did I just now? You are definitely a stupid because your initials. And that's stewish. That's Jordan Stewish. Jordan Smith, on the reels, it's your first time to get a stew. So you a stew, and literally, you, your initials are J Stew. So congratulations, you a stew. And the next people, all of y'all, is the fans. Now look, now people look. I know y'all love racing. I know y'all love racing. But I mean... Y'all can be at home in Peacock and just watch it and get the action. You ain't got to be out there in the rain, but y'all are diehard fans. Or y'all probably be like, damn, these tickets are so damn expensive. Oh, we're coming to the race. But y'all stayed and it rained. And I guess when you live in the rain, you just bring an umbrella. I, you just get used to it. You put them plastic things on you and you got little Johnny sitting there talking about, ah, I'm cold, I'm cold. You be like, shut up. You know how much these Disney tickets are? This is like Disney World to most of y'all, but y'all stay and y'all always stayed. When me and Ricky went in 06, y'all was there to the fullest. Y'all look like the Detroit Lions last night when they won. They haven't won in 32 years. Y'all stayed. So the fans in San Francisco, all y'all stews, because they hell, I mean, I wouldn't have watched that. I wouldn't have watched it. The racers out there rotting. They didn't even want to be out there. So why y'all out there? Y'all was waiting for to see the Jordan Smith slide. And he went, ah. y'all was waiting to see that. I don't know what you were waiting, but you were just happy to come back. Because y'all know if y'all didn't show up, we probably wouldn't be back. So y'all stood for standing in the rain. And it, I don't know what they say. It don't rain in Southern California. Well, maybe it don't because it was raining up in North California. So all y'all fans, y'all stood because y'all came up, showed out, and y'all watched all that, they weren't even jumping nothing. They weren't jumping nothing. You got to be a fan to watch slow racing. But it was good. So the fans, y'all are stews. All right, people, that was it. Jordan Smith, all y'all fans. And then Chase Sexton, helping the mosquito out. Those are my stews. All right, my next list. Pissed off, stewed. Pissed off. Pissed off, why? Because pissed off because Chase jumped the gate. No, he didn't. He just went quicker than you did. Pissed off because you got the whole shot and then you did last. Pissed off because you stalled it. German chocolate. Yeah, pissed off because you Eli told me, you're like, I'm beast more. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Nah, I'm not gonna twist it that much. Pissed off and Jet Lawrence, even after the race, he wasn't even pissed off. He was like, I just, I just sucked. I, I have fun in New York. Because track wasn't this bad. It was mud race. And then, you know, whatever. I don't even think he was pissed off the way he rode. He just rode the way he rode. Stude. Well, I'm going to just have to throw Phil Nicoletti on this. He pissed off. Because his teammate, was his teammate, right? His teammate cost him thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. He should apologize. He took a lot of money from me. So, I uh, listen. If if I could cry right now, I would. I'm I'm heartbroken at the moment because it's obviously I'm nearing the end of my career and I don't get many chances like that anymore. Thousands of dollars. We ain't talking about this last chance stuff. We ain't talking about that. You know, look. You know, you get in with the cheers. You know what you expect that. But come on, Garrett. Come on, man. Yeah, I'm fifty. Phil. I'm fifty. Phil. What? I'm really like fifty. Phil. I, I don't know. You probably happy, but you kind of stewed a little bit because you're going to be like, that check is missing a couple more zeros and a higher number. But nonetheless, you stewed, but you should be a stew as well. So, Phil Nicoletti, you a stewish. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know. I, I don't even know. Like, I don't think anybody else is stewed. 
Like I, I know last week I didn't even do the stew. And I think even with Phil, like he's stew, but he ain't stew. He's happy to be up there because well, you you were stewed last week. I was stew. Why was I stewed? Oh, with my kids. Oh, I besides one get hit off the head with a golf club. <laughs> I mean, I was stew, but where you know, like when you as a parent, like your kid get hit and you instantly like you like you're like oh my gosh is he dead no he's not dead he's still standing and then like once you realize he's okay then you get mad it's okay to get mad that's how it was me like you get hit up the head i'm like you okay you okay you stupid what were you doing you okay you okay you okay so it's kind of like that but i'll tell you that in podcast that's another story fun facts people one thing i will say First off, nobody else is stupid. Nobody's stupid. Y'all all fine. I don't even think Phil's still stupid. So just forget it. We could almost go with the confused list because that's kind of what that confusing segment was. That's what it is. So Phil Nicoletti, you fine. All the fans, y'all ain't stupid. Y'all are my students. And the riders, y'all made it out of the live. So Chase Sexton, he won. And the rest of you didn't. And George Smith, he won. And the rest of them didn't. So y'all fine. But I will say this, as y'all are opening the door, and I'm about to get sued. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in, people. It's my kids. They're trying to open the door. Come on in. Who crashed? Who crashed? Come here. Come over and say hi. Come say hi. Don't get that. Don't hit the camera, because you know Cole going to be stupid. Well, say hi to the people in TV land. Hi. Yeah, anyways. It's your boy, Channel 7. It's your boy, J7. Where we at? At the Rewind Show. Okay, anyways. We at the Rewind Show. But the, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> People. So, anyways, what I was going to say was that your boy's going to be on TV this weekend. I'm, I got my golf tournament. Third year. I'm the defending Member, member, champion, dominant. So hopefully this year I can do better than I did. I gotta get like top, like yeah. 15, top fifteen this year. I don't let anybody, people, listen. When I come to the rewind show, I'm serious. I don't let nobody interrupt me, including you or you or that dude back there, because I'm talking to y'all in there, and I'm talking about me playing golf. So make sure y'all come out this weekend, Lake Nona. Your boy's gonna be out there. Don't touch my mic. Don't touch my mic. Your boy's going to be out there. Come celebrate. Got the golf tournament. Hopefully, I bring... Are y'all serious? We got the golf D- tournament. <laughs> All right, people. That was it from San Francisco. We'll see y'all next week in San Diego where I'm about hey, to whip some kids. Hey! Hey! Come. All right, people. <laughs> Bye. Have a good day. All right,